the Pelican Brief with your host, David Tatman. Hello and welcome to the Pelican Brief. I'm your host, David Tatman. We have a very special guest on our show this afternoon, uh, State Treasurer John Schroeder and gubernatorial candidate John has been very involved in state government for a long time and has done some great work, managing nearly $65 billion in state assets. And most importantly, and what I'm really impressed by, is the $279 million that John returned to uh, the rightful property owners, the citizens of Louisiana, for unclaimed property. So I want to welcome John to the show. Welcome, John. Hey, Dave. So it took, it took us so long to get here. Here, but I'm glad here. It's been nice to know you the last 15 years working with you and your team. So um, looking forward to getting past the next 35 days. Yeah, well, it's exciting. And uh, I know you had a big uh, debate last night, and yeah. I know you're uh, running and gunning, so I appreciate you giving us the time to be here. So for those people in our audience who may not know you that well, I'd like you to go ahead and introduce yourself and tell them a little bit about you. Yeah, happy to do that, man. Look, I'm a, uh, originally from New Orleans. Uh, you can tell by this little country accent I have. You know, uh, 62, been married 38 years, four grandkids, uh, uh, played football college at Southeast. I was born in, uh, as I said, in New Orleans, but went to East Jefferson. I know you're a John Curtis boy and uh, played football and baseball there. Went on to Southeast and played football, met Ellie, got a degree in criminal justice. Um, you know, we've been on the North Shore now for about 41 years. You know, Ellie's from White Castle, you know, so we had to decide where we were going to live when I left the military. And we settled on the North Shore. Cause that's where we met at Southeast and it, it, in Tangible Parish. So, you know, we've had a fantastic uh, life. And, and I tell people, you know, I sp I've spent 10 years um, in my first professional career in the military and law enforcement. I had a uh, retina uh, hemorrhaged uh, when I was in my late 20s and basically changed the course of my whole life. And, and uh, I make no bones about it. God had a different plan for, for, for me. Um, if, if, if you don't believe it, uh, uh, it's ha it happened to me. You know, and, and I say everything happens for a reason. I went from putting drug dealers in jail to uh, managing a 60-plus billion dollar operation. So I've done a lot of things in between, Dave, and I, and I tell people, you know, for the first time, uh, somebody who represents the 85 percentile, meaning comes from the working class, that people, the great overwhelming majority of people who go to work every day and pay their bills and follow the rules and do all the things you're supposed to do and just live month to month, year to year, don't really get involved in politics. That's me. It's always been you. I mean, I worked with you for, what, is it nine years you served in the state legislature? And then, uh, you know, I, when you ran for treasurer, you know, you, you, I think, positioned yourself well for that because you know the state finances so well. Yeah, if experience is what's important in this governor's race, I mean, 10 years in law enforcement, I, I'm a former military. I, in the military, I, I worked in the infantry, military intelligence, and finished my career as a special agent in the CID um, working in narcotics investigations. Um, when my retina hemorrhage, I came back to Louisiana with Ellie. We raised our family on North Shore. I've basically been in business for almost 33 years. Everything um, from construction, which was our, our basic uh, 
what was it? The I, I say the basic. It was the sort of the core of what we did as right. entrepreneurs: building homes, real estate, everything real estate. I own a real estate company. I have a development company, and I've done all that over the last thirty something years. But we've also been in small retail, uh, grocery, tanning salon, hair salon, laundromat, security. I mean, there's not too many small businesses that I haven't had my finger in restaurants, you know, and I say it's singular because I've had one. And many of those businesses still open today. I help small business owners get in business and stay in business. I enjoy it. I love helping people. But and then I got involved in, a, in politics at 47 years old, 48 years old, served nine and a half years, most of that time on a budget committee. Uh, in some of the worst fiscal times that we saw, serving on the Bobby Jindal, which I still think we suffer from today, very, very, very poor fiscal decisions made under the Jindal administration. Not a shot at him. I, I fought, I say I fought, I disagreed big time, if you remember, uh, on, on the things, the decisions we were making from a fiscal standpoint, because government was doing things that we didn't do in our private world, and, and that's the biggest problem I see in government. And then I, I decided to run for state treasurer when John Kennedy moved on because uh, I learned I had worked myself into a position of being an expert on the budget. Right. And I think for most legislators would say, if you want to talk to somebody who knows something about the budget, go see that Schroeder guy. Right. That's, all a, that's all a dude does. You know, so um, I wanted to be treasurer to, 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 to be able to take it to the next level. And David, I, honestly, I sit here today. First of all, I never thought I'd even be in politics. Must be much less be the state treasurer of Louisiana. My degrees in criminal justice. My PhD is from the School of Hard Knocks, and I'm managing sixty billion dollars today. Yeah. yeah. You know, so it wasn't until probably three years in it or so, maybe a little longer, where some people sat down with me um, when when um, the attorney general said he was running four years ago almost sat down with me and said, man, you need to really think about doing this. And and I, I look, I just tell people, I bring something totally different to the table than you typically get in a governor's race. You know, we don't have the most money, but I think we've raised enough to get our message out. And we'll see what happens. I got to mm -hmm. catch a little lightning in a bottle. Some things have to fall into place. But I'm, but I'm going to offer myself in a humble way. People like me don't typically do these get in these kind of positions and and i might be have it might be an outside shot but i got a shot or i wouldn't be sitting here yeah. so we'll see what happens well if you look at the past governor's races yeah. i mean a lot turns yeah. uh toward the end of the race so so you talked a little bit about people talking to you about running for governor what is why did john schroeder decide to run for governor you know david you know me well man we've had a good relationship it's been a honest when you ask me a question I give you an answer. Even if I don't like it. Even if you don't like right. it. And, and that, that's the core of what I am. Um, I, I, I came here as a public servant, not to be served, but to serve the, the people of this state. And the unique thing about being a legislator, you and I didn't know each other, even right. though we sort of grew up in the same area, but we did not know each other. Uh, uh, but the unique thing about, and why I ran for the state legislature, what was intriguing about it was your decisions affect Everybody in the yes. state of Louisiana, not just the school board where you represent or the council that you may represent or the parish presidents uh, or the parish councilman. No, a state legislator, every decision you make, you may be from St. Tammany, 
but it affects Webster Parish and Calcasieu Parish and everywhere in between, right? So it's sort of a unique thing about it. But, but you know, I, I tell people, I want to, I want, we, we throw this around a lot. I want somebody who's honest. I didn't say I know it all. I just want to be honest. Right. Tell me the truth. Don't tell me one thing and do something else. Right. And I'll tell you, the thing that bothers me the most is the cronyism and the corruption that wraps this building. And I know we're not sitting at the Capitol, right. but you know what I mean. Yes. It infects the process. It infects the political process. I've watched it under the Jindal administration. I've watched it in the Edwards administration. Um, and look, it is what it is, you know, and I'm willing to talk about it. And I'm going to be a governor that ends it. I will not use your tax dollars to push public policy that's not good for this state of Louisiana or bad for the good or bad. Mm -hmm. it, it's, it's the process is politically corrupt, and I will end that. Mm -hmm. And if the people of Louisiana want ultimately somebody to go to Baton Rouge and just do whatever is right and not let politics get in the way into your decision-making, then I'm that guy. And guess what? I've already proved it can work. Yeah. I run a $60 billion operation. You can imagine the friends that I have right. and the questions and the things I get asked to do, David, sure. that I don't think people quite – well, the people probably know what's going on and think it's going on, but they really don't know. And I'm here to tell you it is going on. Yeah. And I have looked it in the eyes, and I say no. And I, I, I joke a, a lot about this, that somebody just has to be the parent in the room. And there's a word that's not used a lot in that, in that building. It's called no. You know, so I believe the state needs a CEO. Somebody goes to work every day, five Mondays a week, just to help solve these problems. Doing it in an honest way. I can accept the decision-making. Just I want it to be a pure decision. I don't want it to be the benefit of somebody. And I'm tired of the 85 percentile that go to work every day like you and I getting crapped on by the 15 percent who are getting the benefits of everything. That's wrong. It's not morally right. Um, it's not ethically right. right. And I will change that culture. Yeah. And I look, I, I, I know you have always operated that way. There's a song going on around right now, uh, Richmond, north of Richmond, and it really does describe yeah. that 85% that you're talking yeah. about. Um, so let's pretend uh, it's uh, the election was yesterday and you're elected governor. What, what do you do? What, what, what's, what is John Schroeder's administration going to look like and, <clears throat> and what are you going to do? Look, I, th I think the first thing we have to do is build some faith and trust back in, in the process. You know, one of my biggest experiences being state treasurer now, I'll be six years in November, is, David, all the boards I have to sit on. Mm -hmm. Statutorily, I sit on 35 boards. I've learned as much about state government, even sitting in all those appropriations meetings that I did and all the meetings I had and building relationships with my colleagues and all. Man, sitting on all these boards from retirement, the Housing Corporation, State Bond Commission, you know, taking over, um, uh, unfortunately, towns that are going bankrupt and, and, and sitting on that board and overseeing that, you know, I've learned a lot. Hmm. Uh, but one of the first things we have to do is address this insurance problem. Um, I will have a summit. I will bring all the players to the table. Insurance, industry, construction, um, legal, and um, I'm calling it a summit because everybody's saying we're going to have a special session. Well, you have to know what you're going to do in that special session. Right. Once you go to the special session, you have to have a plan. Mm -hmm. So at first, I'm going to develop that plan. I hope I can do that in 30 to 45 days. 
Um, and then I'll call a special session right after that. Mm -hmm. um, I might also have to call a special session on the budget. Right. I'm not convinced that the budget as prepared um, is, is the best for the state. I think there was a lot of political decisions being made as legislators were turned out. I, I think we spent way too much money on non-state priorities. And um, quite frankly, we're a poor state with 2 million people on Medicaid, 900,000 on Medicare, almost 60% of our population is already on some type of federal insurance. So I might call a special session to, to, to redo the budget for, for the remainder of the fiscal year. Um, but one of the major things that I want to do is set a tone. Um, I will call within the first 30 days a mandatory meeting for every person that sits on a board in Louisiana. And we're going to set a code of conduct. And if you don't live by that code of conduct, conduct, you're going to be off the board. And then as soon as we get into session, I'm going to have some legislation that puts some parameters in what you can cannot, and cannot do as a board member. Because these board members, not all, and we have a lot of people doing good work, but we have a, a few that infects the whole process. So when I talk about the cronyism and corruption that's infecting government, mm -hmm. I'm also talking about all our boards because there's over th 9,000 people. I serve on a board. Yeah. Yeah, and I and I don't disagree with you. Our board is great, by the way. Yeah. I, I serve on the Louisiana Educational Television Authority, and it's a great board, and there's none of that going on, mm -hmm. I can assure you, but I would you know love to meet with you, too, and, and talk about those things because I think they're relevant. Are there any other, you know, you talked about insurance clearly, um, there's there was a news report today that it's actually a national problem. Yeah. That uh, that it's broader, and of course, it you know insurance is worldwide. People right. think right. it's just Louisiana, but when you're in an area where the insurance is high, but then you're the highest of that area, right. then it gets really really difficult. No, look, let me let me expand on that a little. So I met with the commissioner. Uh, now that we know we have one, um, you know, car insurance is a major problem. So I think you have to separate some of these things. I think car insurance is one issue. Property insurance is another, but it's falling on the back of the 85% of people right. who just have to get um, in, homeowners, and, and, and more and more of their paycheck is now going to that. That's who's suffering more than anybody. Not that the 15% isn't suffering too, but they can afford it. Right. Okay, so we have to address that. We have to address car insurance. That's the most uh, egregious of all, I it believe. Is. But at the end of the day, if we can't get the billboard lawyers to sit at the table, uh, <clears throat> then we're in trouble. We're not going to fix this on on the backs of the insurance industry or the backs on the construction industry or the backs of the legal community because they didn't they didn't make the storms come right. But that we have to do something about taking advantage of a, a situation in a crisis situation. You know, um, there, there's laws in place that stop contractors from from gouging during during um, storms. I think that needs to go across the board now. I mean. I think everybody ought to make money. I believe in free enterprise. Yep. But, I mean, look, I had a lady call me recently distraught um, from the Homa area that she finally, after two years, is getting her, her payment from the insurance company. That went bankrupt, so I'm assuming it's coming through citizens. Well, the lawyers are getting 33%. Yeah. And she's crying. Yeah. You know, she's poor, she's poor and... and um, and it's just thirty-three cents, cents on a dollar now. Has got to go to the lawyer. It doesn't. She does, says they. She would pay them, but they didn't earn it. Yeah, I. I will tell you. I first started in uh, government back uh, in the last century. 
Um, and we had a major issue with workers' comp. And everybody, you know, the governor and others got people together at a table, and we figured it out. And, you know, I work in that industry. Right. Workers' comp is the most solid uh, line of insurance that we have. Rates are not going up. They're going down. Right. And so there are, there's a way to do it. We right. just have to get everybody together. Look, I, I believe a lot of these problems, whether it's crime, education, insurance, you pick it, DOTD, um, Department of Motor Vehicles, Department of Revenue, which I get a lot, a lot of complaints about, but I like their leadership at the Department of Revenue right now. Um, if you're waiting for that person, that expert to show up that knows something about all of that, mm -hmm. that person doesn't exist. Right. You know, the, the, that, that person that knew, ev knew everything, he died on a cross about 2,000 years right. ago. Right. So I think you need a CEO, somebody who has the ability to bring, these, bring the talent in, whether no matter no matter where it is, I told told some insurance people this week, don't fuss at me when I pay too much money to bring talent in. You don't fuss when you have the best football coach mm -hmm. or, or the best basketball coach at LSU. Don't fuss when I bring in the best people to fix our problems in Louisiana because that's exactly what I'm going to do. When I say I'm an entrepreneur and, I see, and a CEO, when I say we're going to have to entrepreneur our way out of it, we need to bring thinkers, people who know how to solve real problems that have solved those problems. But there's a difference between you solving a problem when you have to take the dollar out of your pocket, David, versus somebody solving it on somebody else's dollar. Right. I know I solve problems based on the dollar coming out of my pocket. That's how I'm trained. I'm 62 years old. I'm not 42 or 45. I have a lot more wisdom, and you can tell by this hair. <laughs> uh, than a lot of people in this race because I've done it. I'm not coming to change anything. I'm telling the people of Louisiana, if you want change, you better go find somebody that knows how to do it. Right. I've done it. I have a record that's done it. You have people in this race that are either lifetime policy people, uh, lifetime government people. I'm a lifetime doer. Mm -hmm. uh, entrepreneur put thousands of people to work in this, this state and invested our personal wealth. And I'm not Godzilla. You know me. I'm driving a Hyundai Sonata, <laughs> a, a, a campaign car that I bought off a used car lot. Right. You know, I could drive anything I want. but And I, the reason I say that, I'm trying to instill or, or restore faith and trust in government. And I know people are watching me. I know what they, they watch what I do, how I walk, what I, how I dress, where I go, what I drive. So I do it in a humble way to show people I'm here to serve. Mm -hmm. This is how public servants should be. Yeah, and look, I'm you know, when you're elected governor, you you won't have a life for four or eight years right. because you can't. I mean, you're on call. It's a twenty four right. seven job if you're going to do it right, right. Right. I agree, and that's yeah. why I say uh, I enjoy doing this. Mm -hmm. You know, some people don't like working. I love working. Right. You've watched me now I for have. fifteen yep. years. There's never been a day yeah. that I've come here and not want to be here. Yeah. Because if I didn't want to be here, I wouldn't be here. 
So yeah, so I look, I, I agree with you. You're you work hard, you're a, you're the hardest making uh, working man in showbiz, uh, <laughs> and you always were so well prepared in committee. I haven't watched you as much as treasurer because I don't really delve into that. But at what you've done returning uh, those dollars in unclaimed property has been amazing because I see it all the time. In fact, my wife always uh, checks me and says, "Have you checked that recently?" <laughs> we get new money every year. Yeah, but look, let me tell you, you brought it up, so let me just brag a little bit on my department. Um, the program's 50 years old this year. We've returned more claims in the last six years since I've been treasurer than we have in the previous 44 years wow. combined, David. Right. Think about that. Yeah. Six years, we've done more business in six years than what they did in the 44 years because there was no incentive, and I saw that right off the bat because the state government was taking whatever money wasn't returned every I know. year. I put an end to that. I know you did, yes. You know, it was a common sense thing to do. Mm -hmm. It was the right thing to do. Right. And I I'm, I could bring that across state government. That's really what gives me the confidence to sit here and tell you I can be the governor of this state because I've run an operation. I've run it from the administrative side, and people don't think about that. This is way bigger than just being elected to a position. You have human resources. You have payroll, hiring, firing. I mean, it's it's an operation. It is a business. Yeah. I don't care what anybody says. Now, this business does have to take care of those that can't take care of themselves. Right. That's the difference. Yeah. Okay? But on the backside, we have neglected the infrastructure of this state. And I don't mean roads and bridges, although those are pretty crappy themselves. Right. I'm talking about how do we deliver the basic services to the state? And what is government's role? You know, you asked earlier, what am I going to do initially? The things I believe government should do. Education, public education, and public safety. Mm -hmm. And then in this insurance issue, and the cronyism and corruption, those four things will get my absolute, absolute attention. And God bless me with one thing. I just have tremendous energy. I yeah. get a lot of things done right. in one day. Yeah. And it's possible and we will move this ball, but I want to be very clear. My intention is to be the governor for four years, not eight. I'm looking at it just like I did treasurer. I, I finished up Kennedy's initial term, and then my intention was to come serve one four-year term, and that's what I'm doing. I never said that to anybody, but I go to work every day like it's my last day. God does not promise us tomorrow, right? Right. My faith is important to me. My family's important to me. And I am putting all of that aside to share myself with the citizens of the state to bring some faith and trust back to this process because it it's doable. I proved it. Um, uh, you know, when you manage the kind of money I manage, um, you should have heard all the things that when I took over. But we, we smoothed all that out. The, the rules are going to be the rules, and access is equal to all. Yeah. Well, one of the things I would tell you is I have always said uh, to those who are close to me, um, not broadly, but I think the person who can change the state of Louisiana is going to be somebody who will run for governor and win and not have to worry about reelection. Right. Go in and do the things that you need to do. It'll probably cause you to not get reelected, even if you would run, because if you really get in there, and again, I'm kind of an insider on all that. If you get in there and do the things you really need to do, right. uh, people are not going to like it. But somebody's got to break the 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 sort of good old boy 
No uh, question. Yeah, and so that's good. So, so let's go to the next phase, which is tell us how you're going to win the election. Well, look, uh, doing things like this, um, getting on the air, you know, we, 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 we're going to spend a lot of money in the next five weeks in the advertising, and we'll see. I know the attorney general has a, has a big lead. The Republican Party came out and endorsed them a year ago mm-hmm. uh, before the election even started, the process started. But we'll see. Look, I, I decided back in February that I would get in this race for our reasons. When I say our, Ellie and I, Ellie and me. Um, and then we'd lay it all out there. I, I, at the very least, I want to force a debate on what the issues are in this state. Everybody knows we have crime problems. There are no new ideas. How long have you been in Baton Rouge? I, I moved to Baton Rouge in 1990, so I just finished my 35th legislative yeah. session. So I would tell you, and you would agree, there's no new ideas. No. This is about leadership. Yeah. This is about a leader who's going to command a presence that people will sit in a room, politics aside, and figure out, let's start with the things we agree on and fix, fix those, because we're not going to agree. My wife and I have been married for 38 years. I know you've been married a long time, yeah. too. Um, that probably has taught me more than anything yeah. in my politics because my wife's a little short Cajun lady, but she she packs a punch. She does. You know? <laughs> so you have to learn how to negotiate. Right. Right? And sometimes you need to just admit you're wrong. Yeah. You know? And move on. Well, I'm married to for 34 years, and uh, I would say I'm always wrong, yeah. <laughs> even but, if I'm not. <laughs> but, you know, here's the thing, man. We get so stuck in our egos in that building. Something happens. I don't know what it is. You know, when I sit and talk to legislators individually, they all make a lot of sense. But when you put them in a pack, and I was part of that pack for nine and a half years, it's something that happens when you get in that building, something about all that marble, concrete, and it sucks the common sense right out of people's brains during session. But, look, this this is about um, me trying to get the public to understand there are people like me who are honest, who go to work every day, very capable of making the decision. The decision isn't what's hard. It's the ramification. And can you handle the ramification of your decision-making? Can you handle the onslaught of the pressure? Can you look a professional like David Tatman in the eye and say, David, this is why we have to do this? Because if, it's ba- if your decisions are based on fact and data, people understand that. Right. And I will show you fact and data why we're going to make the decisions we're going to make. Right. And, and that's what has to happen. And those are going to be some very difficult des- decisions. And you said that a moment ago. And I'll I'll say this first, and you can say and you can tell people I said this. I'm not looking past four years, and uh, because I know those diff, those decisions will be very difficult. People may not want me to be here four years from now, but I'm not. Uh, I, I will tell you this: I will make the proper decisions, and they're not going to be easy because our priorities are screwed up. Hmm. I mean, because we have to invest more in early childhood education. We have to invest in our law enforcement communities, and we have to um, fix this insurance problem. 
um, it's going to take some investment. But I also, if you're going to fix your crime problem, you're going to have to invest in a mental health crisis in this state. Or, or our crime problem's not going to get much better because our prisons are full of people who are sick mentally. Right. I, I feel, look, as an Army veteran, man, it bothers me big time to oh, see yeah. these, these, all these homeless people because I know, and not just because they're veterans, but the veterans have some other options. And this ought to tell you how sick they are mentally because they're on the streets because a lot of them mentally want to be there. But David, they have they have some ability through the VA to get some help, but we can't get them there. So we're, we're going to have to make that a priority, uh, invest in it if we're going to move the, the 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 needle. But I want to be very clear: all of these problems can be difficult to fix. All of these problems are going to take a generation to fix. We need thirty years of commitments on some of these problems, like early childhood education. Uh, on the crime problem, but we have to start. Uh, and people ask me, ask somebody asked me last night after the debate, do you think I, do you really think this is fixable? Well, yeah. Why'd you got out of bed this morning? You know, absolutely, I believe it's fixable. But we need people who go to work every day, who's not looking to be served, that's to, uh, is going there to serve. Look, one of the cultures I talk a lot about. We have to change the culture. We have to change the culture of of cronyism in this state. We have to change the uh, culture of this corruption attitude in this state. But we also have to change the, the political culture, meaning guys like me are coming to work every day, not for the politics of it. I'm, I love being a CEO. I love tackling problems. And my staff knows it. And they call me all the time, what do you think about this? And, and I love that. That's, that's, that's what I enjoy. Yeah. I don't enjoy these political debates and yeah. this, that, and the other. I get all fired up because this is serious. Yeah. This yep. is serious business. Absolutely. Because we're, we're the, the, the guys, the people who are doing well, are typically it's happening on the backs of those that are not mm -hmm. when it comes to politics. And I'm going to end that. Yeah. Well, John, I certainly appreciate you being here. Why don't you tell us how we get in touch with your campaign uh, and then make your pitch for our audience to vote for you? Yeah, look, I, I'll, I'll tell you, I'm very easy to get. My wife always jokes about my cell phone. It's everywhere. I've had the same phone forever. I, I say forever. My, I took my dad's cell phone number. Uh, he died right before Katrina, mm. and I took his cell phone number because we have the same name. Yeah. Uh, but we was with John Schroeder. He's a John Henry. I'm a John Michael. And on his cell phone, he had, he his message was, "This is John Schroeder. Um, um, please leave a message." So when he passed, I, I took his phone number. And that, but when Katrina came, it knocked out the technology, and I lost, I lost it. So I've had this cell phone number for 20 years. It's nine eight five three seven three four eight seven three. My wife hates when I do that, but just call me. Yeah. Text me. Try not to leave me a voicemail because it's crazy right now. But but look, I'm happy to have a discussion. I don't have all the answers, David. But but I tell people if you want a CEO who's going to work with the Democrats and the Republicans, I've taken at least five or six oaths of office in my in my adulthood. Never once did I raise my right hand and say I'm only going to represent the. Um, Democrats, or I'm just going to represent the Republicans, or my grandparents are from Mexico, that I'm just going to represent the Hispanic community. No, my oath of office is that, that I swear to uphold the laws 
of this state, this this country, and represent all people. So I'm not in this for a fight. And if you want somebody who zigs and zags and is in all the politics, I'm not your guy. If you want somebody who's going to get in a foxhole and fight for the average person every day, then I am your guy. If you want a CEO who's going to go to work um, five Mondays a, 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 a week, I'm your guy. If you want somebody who's going to help to uh, understand that this community and this state moves on the backs of the 85 percentile, I'm your guy. Mm-hmm. If you want somebody who's going to make decisions when the doors are closed and where most decisions are made in conference room when the doors are closed, every decision I make will be on the, uh, for the best interest of Louisiana, I'm your guy. I'm not a political-to-play politician. I am a politician, and, and I hope to change what people believe and see in politicians. I'm going to end the pay-to-play. I will not punish legislators uh, when they don't agree with me, um, and I will not punish anybody. I'm going to sell you based on fact and data and what's the best way to move this state forward. Um, uh, I hope to do um, that and get elected, and I can start tomorrow. I don't need any training. (laughs) I don't need any on-the-job training. And and all you got to do is look at the Department of Treasury. And if you like the way that department's been run, that's how the state of Louisiana will run. Because I can guarantee this, we're going we're gonna to perform better. The operation is going to perform better. It'll take longer to fix the crime, education, and all that. Those are generational problems. But from a government standpoint and from an operational standpoint, we will function better for the citizens of this state. I, I agree. You've always lived that way in everything that you've done. And you were a great legislator. You've been a great treasurer. And I wish you luck. I appreciate you coming on the show. Yes, sir. Uh, and I know my clients and our listeners and our followers are going to be uh, interested in your campaign. And we'll put up more information yeah. as we go. Appreciate so, Thank you, time. John. You're welcome. The Pelican Brief is an off-script production 